Lord, we do make that our prayer that You would open our eyes. Lord, we don't want to just hear some new truth. We want to see You control our lives and make a difference that would make a difference in the world. So, Lord, that's a work only Your Spirit can do, and we appeal to You again this morning, and we rejoice that You are desirous of doing that work, that You've given Your Spirit for that purpose, and we rejoice today that we can rest in Your work Lord, may we each individually know Your will today and then be strengthened by Your Spirit in the inner man to do Your will and that truly others would be impacted by that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When you think how much of life is spent in preparation, um, you women know all the preparation that goes in just in fixing a meal. And then we sit down and scarf it down in five minutes and then there's all the cleanup that's afterwards. And, and it could very easily be, good night, was that even worth it? Um, the preparation in... In just getting ready for a day. The preparation. What are you preparing for in life? You know, um, some are already starting to think, oh, I need to be planting some seeds to get the plants growing. So come April, I can put them out. And some of you are thinking in realms like that. The preparation that is involved. I ask, a question here. What did you do to prepare your heart for today's services? You know, um, it's always interesting. You can tell an athlete that has not prepared at all for the beginning of a season because the first day of practice. They're just shot. They're completely. The second day, they're walking around like all sore and stiff. And no one has to say he didn't prepare. It's pretty evident he didn't prepare. One of the keys of Ezra's life, and really the key to the book of Ezra, is found in Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach the statutes and ordinances in Israel. So he lays down in this verse that it's really easy for us to overlook the key to what we read over and over again in the book of Ezra, that the hand of God was upon them. The hand of God was upon him. It wasn't just he walked along and God just took Ezra and made him great. 
It was Ezra had prepared his heart. He had taken steps that we'll look at here this morning. Four basic steps that helped him have a complete life and to complete the task that God had given to him. And the first step is preparation. And it's interesting the various quotes that you can find related to preparation. One of the all-time great collegiate football coaches that us old-timers know is a man by the name of Paul Bear Bryant. He said, it's not the will to win that matters. Everyone has that. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. It's the preparation. Every, everybody wants to win, but are we willing to do the preparation? Everybody has certain things that they want to accomplish, but very few do because a lack of preparation. Benjamin Franklin said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Abraham Lincoln said, if I have six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend four hours sharpening the axe. Preparation. Alexander Graham Bell said, before anything else, preparation is the key to success. And it says, Ezra prepared his heart to seek the Lord. Now, as you've studied, you've seen that between Ezra 6 and Ezra 7, the book of Esther takes place. So, what we have in the first six chapters already taken place. During that time, um, then the book of Esther takes place, which was a very difficult time for the Israelites. And they saw God working in a mighty and amazing way. But all through that, Ezra is building his walk with God. All through that, he is preparing his heart. You can't, you can't prepare in one minute. This is an evidence of a lifestyle that, that Ezra had. And, and preparation is key. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate a little bit here, or try to illustrate, um, Using the analogy of, of uh, baseball, alright? So, here we have home plate. Here we have first base, second base, and needless to say, third base, okay? Now, I've been to many games and I haven't been in the game. I was a spectator. I was sitting in the stands or sitting in the bleachers. We used to be able to get into the bleachers of a professional book baseball game for a buck fifty. Man, what a deal it was, right? And and yet I never 
I never made it to the batter's box. To get in the game that we're talking about today, there must be a point in time that you acknowledge, I am a sinner, I am lost and condemned already, and I need forgiveness that is only possible through Jesus Christ. That puts us in the game, so to speak. That gives us eternal life. That gives us spiritual life. And until we do that, we're, we're, we're not in the game. We have no spiritual life. And yet, just being in the game, no one has ever said, man, I made it to the batter's box. What would you do? Well, I was just so happy to be in the batter's box. That was great. It's, it's important that we get in the game, but then if you have trusted Christ as Savior, how are you playing the game? I heard a, a guy say when he was a kid, he, he was going up to bat in Little League and dragging his bat behind him like he wasn't real anxious to do it. And he heard his dad say, Swing hard in case you hit it. And he said, well, I can do that. And he said, I got up there and swung hard in case I hit it. There are many Christians that are just content to stand in the batter's box and they're not even thinking about hitting it, let alone swinging hard. And it is important that we prepare our hearts. Once we're in the game, then the heart work starts taking place in our life. And it is preparation that gets us to first base. It is the preparing our heart to seek the law of the Lord. It is preparing our heart so how do I prepare my heart? And we could spend a lot of time on this, but we won't. But it's amazing. Number one, you need to prepare a time to seek the law of the Lord. And yet, just having a time, I can rush in, read, and go my way. Prepare my heart to receive the law of the Lord. I need, to, I need to quiet myself before God. I need to ask the Spirit to cleanse me of any sin. Make known to me any sin that's in my life that would hinder me from hearing. Sin is it, it, like it makes us so we can't hear the voice of God. I need to then, as He makes that known, I need to confess my sin before God I need to um, have a clear conscience. And then I need to, as I come to seek the law of the Lord, I need to say, God, I ask Your Spirit to open, as we've just sung, open my eyes, Lord. The Spirit of God is the author of this book. 
the natural man, my natural mind, cannot receive the things of the Lord. I need the Spirit of God to open my understanding, and yet many times we lack the preparation in in seeking God's mind and saying, God, I want your Spirit to open my eyes to what you know I need today. I want you to show me about God, show me about myself, show me about others. I want you to deal in my life. I want you to speak to me. I'm appealing to your spirit. He was given to guide us into truth. He's the author of this book, and he indwells every believer. But many times we don't depend on him, and we haven't done the preparation that's necessary. So it's preparing our heart, doing And again, there's many other things, many other ways that we can prepare our heart. But once we're in the game, I want to prepare my heart so that I can hear from God. Then you notice what it says about Ezra. He prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. To seek the law of the Lord. This this is a... This is an intense pursuing after. It's seeking. Some of you may have experienced it already this morning. There's a world of difference between a young child looking for a shoe because you're already late to come to church and it's lost, and a parent looking for that shoe. I can't find my shoe. Well, did you look in your room? Yes, I looked in my room. It's not that. Did you look in the mudroom? No, it's not in the mudroom. Well, then it comes crisis time, and oftentimes it's mom because nobody can find things like mom, right? And you go in and you lift up a shirt, and there's the shoe. Or they go in and they're moving this and moving this. The difference is the kid walked in. Nope, not in the room. Nope, not in the mudroom. That isn't searching. But you go and lift up things. We have to find this. Let's get going. Where, where did you have it last? Oh, you kicked it off when you came in last night and threw it down the stairs. There's searching. There's going after it. The psalmist said, Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for you as if I'm in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. If you have ever been where you have been extremely thirsty, you don't care if the water has ice in it or if it's lukewarm. You want water. And we prepare our heart, but the second thing To get us to second base, we have to have a hunger and thirst for God. There must be a a searching for God, a pursuing of God. And God said, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Many times we're not thirsty for God. We're we're content. Hey, I, I, I made it to first base. Look at me. I'm on first base. 
got hit by the pitch, but I'm still on first base. But the goal is to get to second and to make it home. That's the goal. And, and in order to progress in the Christian life, we must have a heart that pursues after God. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. This passage has been a challenge to me. And I believe it's, it's one of the greatest commentaries on what it is to seek after God. Spurgeon said, God sends every bird its food, but He doesn't throw it into the nest. We have a responsibility to search after God, to search the Scriptures, and to pursue Him. Notice what he says, Proverbs 2. My son, if you will receive my words, right there, receive my words, And treasure my commands or hide my commands within you. So I receive his word. I treasure them. I hide them. I memorize them so that you incline your ear to wisdom. So you you bend your ear throughout the day to things that are telling you God's perspective. That's wisdom. And then you make application of those things in your own life. And you cry out for wisdom, for discernment, verse 3. You lift up your voice for understanding that, God, I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I need you. God, I need you to protect me. God, you cry out for wisdom. And you search for her as for hidden treasures. You seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures. Searching for silver, digging through, sifting the dirt, looking for the hidden treasure. It, it takes work. It takes diligence. And, and to really progress in the Christian life, it's not just showing up, hearing a message, going home. It's not just reading our Bible. It is having a heart that says, I need you, God. I am pursuing you. I am, I am after you, and the only way I'll know you is through the Word. J.I. Packer said, if I were the devil, one of the first aims would be to stop folks from digging in the Bible. Has he been successful in your life doing that? Hosea says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, lack of getting in the Word. Amy Carmichael said, never let good books take the place of the Bible. Drink from the well, not from the streams that flow from it. It's it's having an unwavering thirst and dependence and seeking and making it a deliberate choice that I am going to seek God. See, without the Word, there is confusion, and that's our world today, but in our own personal lives, without the Word, there is confusion and no confession of sin, because without the Word, we're not convicted of sin. 
Without confession of sin, there is no power of God. With no power of God, there is no revival. With no revival, <clears throat> there is no glory to God. With, with no glory to God, there's judgment. And it all begins with our attitude toward God's Word. Our nation is under the judgment of God today. And it's because there's no glory to God, we've turned our back on this. But I can't answer for the nation, but I can make sure I'm in the game. I prepare my heart and I am diligently pursuing and diligently seeking after God. God, I need you more than I need anything else. And it's true. We do. So, back to Ezra chapter 7. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. So, I, I get to first base preparation, the four-step plan of Ezra. He prepared his heart, he sought after God, and then I get to third base by obedience. It doesn't matter what I know about God in my pursuit of God, if it never gets flushed out into my real life, if I don't obey it, if it doesn't change my life. <clears throat> See, the only difference between the wise man and the foolish man in Matthew chapter 7 is they both heard the word of truth, but the wise man did it and the foolish man didn't. And the wise man, because of obedience, he built his house upon the rock. It wasn't knowledge. <clears throat> you go back and look in Matthew 7. The foolish man, when he heard these things, did not do what he heard. And that's why this is a common problem. That's why the book of James, James is always emphasizing, do the word, do the word. Be ye Doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So see, I can prepare my heart. I can do Bible studies. I can seek after God. And I can stand on second base. Man, I know a lot about God. And, and I can uh, say, no, that's not right. And yes, that's right. But I'm going to end up stuck on second base. That isn't what God wants. He wants me to do it, to put it into my life, to practice it, and then I'm rounding second. I am on my way to third, and I get to third. I am close to completing what God's called me to do. But it's obedience. It's putting it into practice. You get credit for action, not preparation. See, preparation is important, but, but you're not going to make it to where God wants you to be without taking action. Moody said, God did not give us the scriptures to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. God gave us the word to bring change in our lives. A.W. Tozer was even more blunt when he said, 
Theological truth is useless unless it is obeyed. The purpose behind all doctrine is to secure moral action. So it's not just pursuing God. It's not just knowing about God. It's then taking steps of obedience. Okay, as a result of my time with you, God, what is it that you want me to do? It's not just to give us um, instruction. And then, very, very important, Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and do it, and then to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. So he prepared his heart, he sought the Lord, he did it, but you know what? You don't get any, you don't get any points for making it to third base. Every baseball game in the box score, they'll give left on base. How many, how many players were left on base? When their team got out, you could have had the bases loaded, three guys left on base, but none of them made it home. And in Christianity, we have some preparing and seeking and doing, and we're doing, 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 but we're not scoring, so to speak, because we're not teaching others. God wants to run everything through us. You are blessed in order to be a blessing. And Ezra was mightily blessed of God because he prepared his heart He diligently sought the Lord. He made application in his own life, but it didn't stop there. He wasn't a stagnant pond. He was a river of living water. He was bringing living water to others. And one of the reasons we're in the mess we're in as a nation is we haven't, as Christians, done a good job of teaching the truths and the principles of God to others. Call it evangelism. Call it the Great Commission. Call it whatever you want. It's, it's really love for God that I prepare my heart. I seek after the Lord. I obey the Lord. And then I share it with others. The word that is used there, the Hebrew word, is to instruct, to train, to prod, to goad. It's to cause someone to learn. So... He gives us this instruction and we read about Ezra. The hand of God was upon him. God opened these amazing doors. And we say, we're in the game. We've trusted Christ as Savior. And we say, God, man, I'd like to be like Ezra. Okay, prepare your heart. How much preparation do you put in to your walk with God? How much do you even think about it? What I want you to ask is, what air, number one, are you in the game? Have you trusted Christ? Number two, which area do you need to work on the most? Is it preparing your heart? Is it seeking after God? Is it, I know what I need to do, but I'm not doing it? Is it obedience? Is it, now, whose life am I investing in? Who am I trying to share with? Who am I teaching? Who am I burdened for? In 
in every one of these areas, we need to take self-examination. We, we want to prepare our heart to seek the law of the Lord, to pursue God, and to see the difference He makes in our life as we obey Him. We should be a different person today than we were last year at this time. We should be closer to God and there should be things in our life that God's brought about that weren't there last year and we should be burdened. Who am I? Who has God brought into my life to share the gospel with? Who has God put across my path that He could use me for? And it begins right in your own home with your own family. But then it goes to your neighborhood, to the people you work with, to the people that you grew up with, to the people that you do business with. That's why we're left here. And sad to say, in Christianity, we're leaving a lot of people on base and we're not scoring much. We're not, we're not finishing the task. I've yet to hear a baseball manager and say, man, we left a lot more people on base than they did. We really should have won. You don't get points for leaving people on base. God isn't content with how much you know about Him. He says, are you investing in anybody's life? That brings it full circle. And then there to do the same thing. That's God's design. And that's why God blessed Ezra. Ezra wasn't just sitting in his own uh, little shanty and studying the Word and his life never affecting anybody else. You notice it says he taught these to the people in Israel. Ezra is a great example for us of what it means to complete what God has called us to do. And so we ask today, do you need to give attention to the preparation, seeking the Lord? You, you can't leave everything the same and seek the Lord. It, it's going to bring changes in our life. It, it's going to mean, rather than do this, I'm now going to do this. Are we willing to do that? And then, the obedience and the investing in others. And it comes down to our passion for God. In just a moment, I'm going to have Jason come and lead us in the song, A Passion for Thee. See, it's not just, I'm in the game, I've trusted Christ, and I'm going to heaven. No, I have a passion for you, God. And a passion for God means that we will have a passion for others. That we prepare our heart, we seek after God, we obey His Word, and we invest in others. Heavenly Father, I pray that each of us as individuals would know personally the conviction of Your Spirit in our lives as to the next step that you want us to take, the emphasis that your Spirit is asking us to do. Lord, I pray if there is one here today 
that isn't in the game. They've never humbled themselves to call upon You for the forgiveness of sin. Lord, I pray today that they would call upon You for the forgiveness of sins and and then that they would have spiritual life. And Lord, for everyone here with spiritual life, I pray that we would see what You want us to do and that we would be able to complete the mission You've put us on, that our lives would make a difference in other people's lives. So Lord, we thank You that through Your grace we can be in the game, through the power of Your Spirit we can be used of You to make a difference in others' lives To the glory of you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.